It's always a blessing to me anytime I get to teach the Bible. But I especially enjoy speaking on the first Sunday of the year. As we're just kind of setting out together to follow Jesus wherever he wants us to go to do whatever he wants us to do. I, I was thinking about this day, this sermon this morning. I had initially planned to continue in our study of the book of James, but I decided to, make, to wait uh, one more week on that. Uh, and in case you're wondering, though, I'm not going to do some cool sermon on like 2020 vision, you know, which is probably happening. It's okay. It's happening all over. Uh, but even though I thought Phil could have made a nice graphic for the website had we, had we done that. But instead, I wanted to take us to a psalm this morning. One reason that I want to do that is I love the psalms. And it's been over a year since I preached on a psalm. I, did not, I looked back through, and in 2019, there were no sermons that I preached on the psalms. And so uh, I wanted to get back to the psalms, but then specifically, the psalm we're going to be in today is one that has been on my mind for probably about two years that I've wanted for us to go through together, but just never got around to doing this. And so I think it's going to fit really well as we begin our journey together in 2020. That's because it's actually a psalm that was written for and sung by travelers, by sojourners, by those setting out on a journey from wherever they were to go to Jerusalem to meet with God in the city of God. Would you turn with me to Psalm 121? Psalm 121. I'm going to read the whole psalm. Eight verses. A song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That is a great psalm. Perhaps it's been a precious one to you in the past. Perhaps today it will become precious to you. But I want to start by just noticing a few big picture things about Psalm 121. Did you notice that opening heading? The, the, The line that says, A Song of Ascents. Okay? ancient title to this psalm. I want to start there. Okay? You maybe remember that the other psalm that I read this morning for Old Testament reading also said, a song of ascents. Okay, now there's, there's a little bit of uncertainty about what that means, but most agree that the songs of ascent were pilgrim songs. A collection of songs for those on their way to Jerusalem. Or maybe on their way back home from being in Jerusalem. Because you have to remember that it would be expected for Jewish men in particular to go to Jerusalem three times 
every year, no matter where they lived. Now, women were welcome as well, often attended, especially the Passover, you'd have the whole family, but it was a requirement for every able-bodied Jewish man to go to Jerusalem on like a pilgrimage at least three times a year for specific feasts, festivals. So pilgrimage, this is something that is hard for us to, to think through, like what that would be like, how that would shape your life. But it was something that was a consistent and regular part of life for faithful Jewish people. And in connection with all of those journeys, there was a collection of songs, the songs of ascent. Which psalms are these? Okay, look back at Psalm 120. So it's right on the same page. You see the, the heading? A song of ascents. That's the first one. Psalm 120. I then look over to Psalm 134. So not far. These, these psalms are not long. Psalm 134, a song of ascents. That's the last one. <clears throat> so that, that means there's a 15 psalm collection called the Songs of Ascent which are a collection for travelers. Okay? Now, it doesn't take long to read them all, actually. Uh, only one of them is more than 10 verses. So you could easily sit down and read all 15 and read them over and over and, and get a feel for what, what's going on. If you read them all together, you'll find lots of references to things like Jerusalem or, or Zion, another name for Jerusalem, to the temple, and so forth, because it's about journeying to the city of God. Uh, we read one of those in Psalm 124 earlier, but I want to I want to say some of the verses that will give you a feel for what's in the Songs of Ascent. One that I say regularly here at church when I think about the joy of coming together is in the Songs of Ascent. It's the next Psalm, Psalm 122, verse one. I was glad when they said to me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Or later in that same psalm, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Because these are for the songs for the journey. It's about going up together to the city of God. Or later in Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. Or to put it on a different side, Psalm 129, may all who hate Zion be put to shame and turn backward. Or how about this a, a verse that's, we sing a song based on this a lot, but it's part of the songs of ascent. Psalm 133, verse 1, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. I mean, think of how fitting that would be for the days when every able-bodied Jewish man would be together in the city of God to remember the works of God and to sing. So the first observation is simply that this is one of the 15 songs of ascent. It's a song for those setting out on a journey, especially a journey to the city of God. Second, did you notice... And I don't know if you would have noticed this when I read it, that the speaker in the psalm changes in the middle of the psalm. Did you, did you notice that? You have to look back at it probably 
to see it. So look at verses 1 and 2. I lift, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Now we can easily imagine this, that speaker being the traveler, the one getting ready to make the journey toward the city of God. Perhaps he's a little anxious about the journey, but he trusts the Lord, and so he's reminding himself where his help comes from for the journey. But then look at verse 3, and really all the way to the end of the psalm. Do you notice that it never says I or me or my again? It's always you or your. Somebody else is speaking to the traveler, is what it seems like. Perhaps this would be a person who can't go this time on the journey, who's sending off the traveler. Or perhaps if you're in Jerusalem and you're about to go home, this might be like the priest in Jerusalem saying this to the travelers as they head home on the journey from Jerusalem. The point is that it's likely someone else speaking to that first speaker, the traveler, encouraging the traveler, blessing, trying to build up the confidence that yes, God will be with you on the journey. Third, did you notice that there was one word repeated six times in Psalm 121? No, no, you might think it's the Lord. Okay, by the way, that's in all capital letters throughout the text uh, because that's how the ESV and most modern translations translate the Hebrew name for God, the name Yahweh. Anytime that the Hebrew word is Yahweh, then it's translated Lord with all capital letters. And, uh, and of course, the word Lord is really important in this text. It occurs five times in the Psalms, in this, in this psalm. But there's actually something that the Lord does that is referenced six times in the psalm. Can you see, did you see what it was? All six are in the last six verses. The six that the other person says to the traveler. It's the words in the ESV, keep, or keeper. Or in other translations, perhaps you'll see protect and protector. Or guard and guardian. Okay, look, look again. Verse 3, so you can see it. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. Then verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out. And you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So the psalm is about the Lord but it's about something specific that the Lord does for his children. It's about how the Lord, Yahweh, keeps or protects or watches over or guards his children in every place that they might go, throughout every part of every day, for every step of their journey. Those are the three like, big picture things. Now I want to go back to it. And I just want to walk through, through the psalm. So look at verses 1 and 2. A song of ascents. I lift, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? It comes, my help comes from the Lord. 
who made heaven and earth. I love those verses. They're probably the most well-known of this, of this psalm. But have you ever thought, I've been thinking about this all week, of why this psalmist lifts his eyes to the hills. What does that mean? I lift up my eyes to the hills. It's in like lots of songs, and maybe you see like really nice pictures with that verse there. I lift up my eyes to the hills. But I've just been like pondering, like what, what specifically is he looking for in the hills? Or what, what do the, are the hills like a safe place? Or are the hills actually like a dangerous place? Um, and how does looking to the hills relate to looking to the Lord? Is it like the Lord is represented by the hills, dwells in the hills, you know, or, or, or what exactly? So there's actually not much in the psalm uh, to tell us, but I think there's indications in the songs of ascent that, that help us out with this. Because remember, this psalm is the second psalm in the collection. Right, so if you take a look at the psalm before it, the first psalm in the collection, you'll find that the person in Psalm 120, his life is really hard. He's surrounded by liars, deceivers, people who want war, people who hate peace, but it's not just that that's hard about his life. That psalm is written by someone far from home, far from Jerusalem. Look specifically at Psalm 120, verses 5 through 6. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. The key thing isn't to know where those places are, like Meshech or Kedar, as much as it is to note that they're far from Jerusalem, far from the house of God, far from the city of God. So the songs of ascent begin with a longing to be somewhere else than where you are. Somewhere better. In the city of God. And then we come directly into Psalm 121, the second song of ascent, and it seems like the traveler is getting ready to go to the city. And at some point on the journey to the city, what will he see? He might see it immediately, depending on where he is, if he's close by. But at some point, because Jerusalem is, a, is in a hill and it's surrounded by mountains, he's going to catch sight of the city. He's going to lift up my eyes to the hills. And you can imagine, whenever that happens, maybe it happens from his home, because he can see them. Or maybe he's far away and it takes a couple days to get there. But whenever his eyes catch sight of the city, and he lifts up his eyes to the hills, he thinks, that's where I want to be. I want to be there, safe and sound in the city of God. The sight of the hills would inspire faith and confidence. But are the hills ultimately what keep the city safe? Is it simply the hills that inspire the traveler? He asks, from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Though the sight of the hills would certainly stir up his confidence, he doesn't trust in the hills, but in the God of the hills, in his God, Yahweh, the maker of those very mountains, the one who dwells in that city. That's where my help comes from. 
So he's ready. He's ready to go out on the journey. But then remember, verse 3, the speaker changes. And it seems to be like the person who's not able to go this time. Who's speaking words of assurance to the traveler. Look at verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Wouldn't you love to hear those words spoken to you? You know they're true for you today, don't you? Now, did you, did you notice that the psalmist says twice something about God in those verses? This is like hardly ever said about God in the Bible, but this psalm says it twice, right in the middle. He who keeps, this is the middle of verse 3, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Have you ever thought about that? That God's not going to go to sleep this year at all. That God never sleeps. That's the big idea in the center verses of the psalm. The one who guards your life and watches over your every step never sleeps. These verses have stirred me to think a lot more about sleep. For example, do you realize that sleep is one of the easiest ways to distinguish us from God? God doesn't sleep, and we do. Now, of course, there are lots of other things that distinguish us from God, too, like how God knows everything, and we don't, right? We think about those sorts of things, but this is one of the simplest differences between God and us. God never sleeps. We absolutely have to sleep. Take this year, for example. Do you realize that even if you sleep only five hours a day, which you should probably sleep more, I don't, right? Even if you only sleep five hours a day, on average, you'll sleep at least 75 days of 2020. You will be unconscious <laughs> for 75 days. And for an average person, a third of your life will be spent sleeping. Why is that? Why did God make us this way? Do you know what our need, our need for sleep reminds us of every day? Every time we go to bed, we're reminded, I am not God. I am not the protector of my life. You see, throughout the day, when we're awake, right, we often act as if everything depends on us as if we're in control or we have the ability to make life the way it should be or make people the way they should be. Of course, we're, we're pretty proud people. But you know what? Within just a few hours of, today, of right now, we'll all be so tired that we all have to go to bed. Every one of us. And through that, God's going to be reminding us, you need me. It's humbling the human need for sleep. But it's encouraging too, because through sleep, God reminds his children, you don't have to be me. You just need to trust me. I'll take care of you through the night. Thinking back to the song, 
I mean, you're talking multi-day journey for, mo- for most of the people, right? Many of the people going to Jerusalem. So travelers would have to stop and sleep. We can imagine how a traveler might feel anxious about where he's going to stay, whether he's going to be safe through the night, whether harm will come his way. And so maybe the, the person who can't go is encouraging him, look, the one who protects you isn't going to sleep. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. But I also love the, the other picture in, in verse 3. It was the first line. Did you see it? He will not let your foot slip. Now, if you think of going on a multiple-day journey through rough terrain, again, there's like obvious plain encouragement from that line. God will watch over your every step of this actual journey. But the comfort extends beyond that. This is a very common way in the Psalms to describe God's care for your life and in the midst of all sorts of troubles. It's not just about a physical, literal journey that God keeps your foot from slipping. Here's just a few of the verses that I like in the Psalms. There are actually lots of these. Like Psalm 40 says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and he set my feet on a rock to make my steps secure. Or in Psalm 56, in God I trust. I won't be afraid. What can man do to me? For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, you've kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Or maybe my favorite with the idea of my foot slipping is in Psalm 73, when the psalmist is very honest and he says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped because I had become envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He was slipping into sin. But then in the psalm, God brings the struggling psalmist into the temple and he reestablishes his faith. And so the psalmist says, my feet had almost slipped, but you didn't let it happen. Can you testify with me that there were days last year when your feet almost stumbled, when your foot had nearly slipped? And yet you're here this morning. God didn't let your foot fall. I, I, I've been picturing, because the Psalms, you have to realize, they, they're, they're, we, we think of original context, like, for, like when was this written, who was it, but the Psalms are different in this respect, that they're intended to be sung by people in all circumstances throughout the generations. And so I, I picture, for example, like an older person perhaps not able to make the journey this time, assuring the young traveler, don't be anxious. God won't let your foot fall. Verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. 
again, you can picture how it connects to the traveler, right? The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun won't strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The journey is going to be hard, perhaps lasting many days. The sun's not going to strike you because the Lord is going to shade you. He'll be your protection in the day. And there'll be nothing to fear in the night because he'll never sleep. From the beginning to the end and everywhere in between, the Lord will protect you. He'll protect your going out and your coming in from today to eternity. But this extends beyond a journey to Jerusalem. God is never far away. There's no time when he's not awake. There's no evil that he doesn't have the power over. He'll protect your life where you go, when you come back, from this time forth and forevermore. You know that these words are still for you today. You can sing these same words because there's nowhere this year where the Lord won't be with you. There's no time of the day or night when the Lord won't be watching over you. There will be no evil that has power that God doesn't have power over. Do you you have enough trust in these things that you could assure someone else of them? Because that's really what's happening. All of the language of the Lord will keep you is said, I think, by someone else to the traveler. Maybe someone who's been on this journey 47 times before. And he's saying to, the, to someone who's about to set out on it, this is what I know. The Lord will protect you every step of the journey. Now, if you're, if you're struggling to trust the Lord's care for you, maybe you're anxious about the things of the year in front of us. Maybe you feel just like in general, your faith is failing like your feet have nearly slipped. I want to encourage you to keep coming into the house of God this year. To keep opening up the pages of Scripture, even when you're not feeling like it. Keep gathering with the people of God whose faith maybe isn't waning as much as yours is right now. But I want to encourage you most of all to look to Jesus and to keep your eyes on him. I've been, I've been thinking about Jesus in light of this psalm. When you think of the things in it, and Jesus is the greatest example of the kind of trust that this psalm describes from beginning to end. Jesus entrusted his entire life to the care and faithful protection of his Father. That never meant life was easy for Jesus. Far from it. Yet he knew that his Father watched over every step he took. From birth, through every day, through every night, singing, I just thought, simple thing, Jesus slept. You know, we think Jesus wept when we think of that of his humanity. Jesus slept. He slept sometimes in horribly difficult circumstances. He trusted his father day and night that his father was watching over him and he trusted him all the way to death. In fact, 
Jesus entrusted even his very death to the care and protection of his father. Do you remember that? Do you remember the last words of Jesus recorded in the Gospel of Luke as he was on the cross? Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And then we ask ourselves, was God the Father faithful to Jesus? Was he worth trusting? God the Father was faithful to his son throughout the whole journey, even to death. And then in the end, God the Father even broke the cords of death and raised his son from the dead, never to die again. Everything that this psalm affirms is proved true in the deepest way through the story of Jesus. Maybe that will encourage you. We, we lean on the same God that our Savior leaned on, the same Father. As we close, I, I hope you've been encouraged like I have through the psalm. I wanted to close by just some of the things I thought about for, the, for, for 2020, right? Like in light of the psalm. Just some things to think about from this pilgrim psalm. First thing, we don't know and we can't know how every part of this year, of the journey of this year is going to go. The traveler who had set out maybe three days away, he didn't know. He couldn't know how it was all going to go. Even if he had taken the same journey 25 times before, he didn't know how this one was going to go. Similarly, we don't know how every part of the journey is going to go. That's true for me as an individual, true for my family, it's true for our church. Second, we don't need to know how every part of the journey is going to go. In fact, it's probably better that we don't know everything that's in front of us. We sometimes wish we knew, but it's probably better that we don't know. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Jesus says that. We don't need to know everything because we know God. And God knows everything. And God knows you. And he is going to watch over you. No matter where your path takes you this year. There's not going to be a place we go this year where God isn't watching over us. There's nowhere on the journey where the Lord won't be with you. There's no time of any day or any night when God's not going to be watching over you. He'll be awake all year long. He's not going to sleep. So, sleep well at night. Actively and consciously entrusting your life to God when you lay your head on the pillow. Let sleep remind you every day you're probably going to sleep about 365 nights. You know, you might have the occasional one, right? But let sleep remind you every day, I am not God. 
and I don't need to be. And let those heavy eyes and the weariness of your body each day stir you to say, Lord, thank you that you are God. I trust my life to you again tonight. And lastly, during the day, right, follow hard after Jesus until the day when we all arrive safely in the city of God. Every journey to Jerusalem, the time there would last a few days maybe. It was built into the calendar. God wanted it there. And it was all a foretaste of the great day when all God's people finish the race, the journey, and arrive safely home in the city of God. So let's press on this year, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And let's walk together by the Spirit's power. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you care for us. Last night, you were watching over us. We were on your mind when we don't even, we weren't even thinking about anything. Oh Lord, your knowledge of us, your care for us, your love for us is so personal, so deep. Help us to trust you this year. Would you guide us and lead us and give us confidence to follow Jesus wherever you want us to go, to do whatever you want us to do. Thank you for these assuring words of this precious psalm today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.